Hi, I'm Tom Griffith, and welcome to the Greater Formation and Power podcast. Here we'll discuss topics and practices that will help you deepen your intimacy with God the Father, exercise your authority in Jesus the Son, and move in the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to walk in God's truth and intimacy and power. We need all three strands working together in our lives because we believe that nothing else will actually do. Praise can take a number of forms, but sometimes people are surprised or need to be reminded that praise and worship needs to be expressed for it to be for it to count. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I could say that I oh, I was really loving you yesterday, but if I didn't express it, I wasn't really loving you. You didn't get anything out of it. And so that's the way that praise is a little bit too. So I want to talk some about it tonight because I imagine life will continue to get quicker, faster, more overwhelming, and more. Uh, we will experience more pushback because the kingdom of God is going to be advancing and because the world is speeding up. Thus, our ability to handle things on a spiritual level is going to be continually more important because the natural will be getting overwhelmed. And so praise is one way to start to combat that. So I wanted to just remind you of a few things, you know, of particularly to start with thanks and praise. If you remember in Psalm 100, verse 4, we will enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That was written really about the tabernacle. And the tabernacle had three areas to it. And so you could enter the outer courts, but you had to go through a gate to get in. And then you enter the holy place. The only ones that could go into the holy of holies was the high priest. However, in Christ, in Hebrews, it says he entered with his blood and opened the way as the curtain was torn that we can enter. So we want to be aware of these kind of like stages. So we enter his gates with thanksgiving and and Thanksgiving is just that expression of gratitude. Some will journal and write things they're thankful for just to start to get it out, to develop a practice of expressing thankfulness to God. If we are good at expressing thankfulness to God, we will also be good at expressing thankfulness to people. That's huge. We enter the gates with thanksgiving, but when we also thank others, it opens doorways. It opens gates of relationship with people. So thanks is an expression of gratitude where praise is more of an affirmation of who God is or an exaltation, a sense of respect. You're declaring things about who God is. So we're entering in. Thank you as we come in. Now, as we're there, we're starting to declare who he is. Often praise also can take, as was described, physical position. If we're going to be humbling ourselves before God, it often involves 
either kneeling and bowing your head or even laying your body flat before God. Praise is not that. Praise usually is looking up. Praise is raising our hands. Sometimes you'll see praise in a few different ways. One is that in like even an antiquity statue, sometimes it's almost like almost like you can't handle the intensity of the light coming towards you. You're you're recognizing the awe of God. Also, another expression of worship is even like this, you know, when it says uh kiss the sun, lest he be angry with you. This of uh, a kind of a kissing is another physical expression of that. Here's a thought. This is this is one of the take-home thoughts for today. Praise amidst difficulty, pain, or sorrow is only going to happen this side of heaven. Never again for all eternity will we have opportunities to praise in our pain. And uh, the praise in our pain is a sweet form of worship. Praise is part of worship. The worship's bigger than that. And so recognize these opportunities are something you want that the world won't have in the future. So whether that's even when somebody has died and we're recognizing the greatness of God or we're in hardship, and we don't know how to get out of it, but we recognize that he's the one who does. When we're declaring those things, that is something that heaven pays attention to. It, in, you know, I can imagine that angels love us praising in difficulty. So your praise in difficulty counts most. Now, your praise in great times counts a lot, too, because we're prone to wander and we're prone to like in the midst of that to not pay attention. So those are they're both big. But your praise in difficulty is is, you know, we're only going to get to do that on this earth. I don't I think so. The more that you can be aware of that, it might give you some energy to praise. And it's fairly significant when we praise. It changes our perspective of our circumstances. It's interesting, in a worship service, you can walk in and be kind of put off by what's going on in the worship. It's kind of like, this is trite. Are we doing this again? Oh, I am, whatever. You know, a lot of those kind of thoughts can be, and you intentionally say, I'm going to join in, even though I don't really want to, but I'm going to. Something shifts. I don't know when. I've done it enough that I do know that if you give yourself to it, there's a 90% chance you're crossing a line of experience that you will not cross if you don't do it. You know, you got to give yourself to that process. But it changes your perspective in that when you are declaring the greatness of God, suddenly the things are not, don't have power over you the same way. You now start, start, you you're like translated to start to look at things with faith. I don't even know how that happens necessarily. Some of it is mystery. But we enter his gates with thanksgiving and we're entering into his courts, into the holy place with praise. Now life takes on this kind of like holy, a a, a God-filled space that it didn't when we were out there but it does when we are now praising. So our our perspective starts to change. It draws an awareness or a sense, or maybe even his, he may draw closer to us. 
In Psalm 22, 3, it says that he inhabits the praises of his people. That's an interesting concept. That when we praise him, he, he dwells. He lives in our praise. Well, that's not surprising in that that's what heaven's going to look like. A lot of praise of who he is. The, re, the right response to God. It's not like the uh, uh, like an appropriate meaning uh, protocol response to God is praise. That the natural, that uh, it draws praise out of people. When we see God, we can't help but praise him. But we can praise him before we see him. And so when we do that, he starts to inhabit praises. That's why corporate praise can have this power dimension of God's presence when we start to praise. Dave? Um, it changes circumstances when we praise. Um, I had a client come after me pretty badly on Monday night, a client that I fired about 10 months ago. And when I got off the phone, my heart was racing. I was having almost a panic attack. And I went into praise. And I said, God, you got it. You got it. Just started praising out loud, praying out loud. And a day and a half later, the guy sends me a text message apologizing. And I just, you know, it's just, I was 20 minutes later, I was fine. Prayer changes things. So that kind of praise brought, you know, I would say, brought you into alignment, right? It brought you into alignment with God, right? Takes away the fear, right? Takes away some of the stuff. And in that process could have been, you know, what could have been prayer, even that came out of you, whatever. And whatever the case, it changed the what went down in him. But in the pro, but in that moment, it changed you, right? It changed your alignment. Powerful. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah it's powerful. And again, I like the word alignment because it isn't magic. And I think that we often think of it that way. Like if you say these things, then everything changes. No, it isn't that. It's that when you're saying it, you are now aligned with how heaven works. So we're shifting ourselves to the alignment of God. It's not that we say hocus pocus and things happen. That's kind of witchcraft. This is no, we're aligning with how God works. So that's powerful. Good, really good. Here's another interesting thought, and this relates a little bit to what Dave just shared. Praise overcomes the enemy. And so we do need to recognize we're always in spiritual battle. That is not like a conspiracy theory. It is, it's the truth. We are in enemy territory on the earth because we've given it over. Humankind has given authority to the enemy to mess with stuff. But Jesus has overcome that and there's, uh, and can overcome through you and me in the process. But we know that in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking those he can devour. While he roars to intimidate, we talked about that, I think, last week some. So he intimidates and he isolates, right? That's what the enemy wants to do. Intimidate, isolate. Now we're easy pickings. Uh, lion can handle a gazelle, if it gets it off, gets it off on its own, it can't. When it's in the group, they'll kick the tough stuffing out of a lion. But on its own, it's more than a match. So he he is like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. In Revelation 
chapter 5, verse 5. John is looking and he wants to see his scroll be opened and he starts to lament that there's no, oh, he wants to see history start to unfold. And it, there's this incredible longing. And an elder turns to him and says, Don't worry about it. The lion of the tribe of Judah has overcome and he can open the thing. So it's interesting that the lion, one who is like a lion, is overcome by the lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah means praise. Jesus is of the tribe of Judah, which is the tribe of praise. Jesus overcomes in and through praise. So the lion who's looking to devour is overcome by the lion of praise. And so be aware that that's how you overcome the enemy. You don't overcome the enemy by outsmarting, by outlogicking, by out-theologizing. You do by praise. Declaring the authority and the greatness of God overcomes the enemy. What we want to develop is a continual mindset of praise. In Hebrews, it says, let's bring a, a continually bring a sacrifice of praise in Hebrews 13, 15. So we want to come before him or with a continual, just like it says in Thessalonians, let's learn how to pray continually or pray without ceasing. We want to learn to praise that way, but with a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips. So that's the expression part. Just inside your head, not enough. God did not create the universe inside his head. He imagined it in his head and he spoke it into existence. We can imagine praise, but when we speak it, it releases power. Whether that's in the shower, whether that's in the car, whether that's in the English, whether that's in tongues, speaking it out. I used to often say in New England, we, you got to get it out. All, there's lots of pretend praise in New England because it keeps everything on the down low and it accounts when it's expressed. So we want to bring the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips. Andre? Yeah, I'm curious because you're, you're talking about uh, saying it, proclaiming it. And I'm thinking how much of that has to do also with doing it publicly. Because, of course, doing it publicly will have other effects. Right? But, but do you have anything on that? I, th I think both. You know, I think that it, I think that it it does literally change the atmosphere around us. And, and I think some of you have heard me say, even in relation to when you think of like our say it and pray it now, and then when you move into the next stage, you know, the third module of declaring our purpose, that when we're doing that, this is how God's designed me and this is what he's made me for. That's a pro prophecy. And when we're prophesying that it affects the, what's going on around us. It actually starts to bring resources to us. Praise does that too. When we express praise, it, his, he inhabits the praises of his people. Now, publicly or on your own, I encourage you, it's a both and, and learn to do in private and then public. Be crazier in private and do it in public. Um, don't be somebody who's crazier in public than you are in private, because 
Private is where you're exp expressing the intimacy of your heart. You want that to be bigger, not the other way around. So it's like a show. It's bigger. And then you're then you're building your repertoire, your capacity, your language. So it's both and, I think. Let me close us in prayer or else we got to all spend the night together. <laughs> Father, thank you that when we praise you, we are doing what uh, is appropriate from the visceral part of our being throughout all creation. We don't exist if you didn't create us. You created us because you are great and awesome and powerful and an incredible architect, an incredible author. And we are good because you created us and you say we're good. You've redeemed us and brought us into your household. We say glory, glory, glory. You are worthy of our lives. You are worthy of more voices than the 7 billion on the planet. All saying how awesome you are because none of it exists without you. You are above every throne, power, every demonic force, Satan himself. None have anything in comparison to you. They don't exist without your creation. We worship you and pray that you will help us to put more praise in the actual expression of our lives. You're worthy and we want to grow in authority. We want to be of greater benefit, greater delight, changing atmospheres around us. In Jesus' name, amen. 